So, hello everyone. Um, welcome, Jade. Um, welcome to African Women in Marketing podcast. Um, my name is Olamide Amosu. I am the lead communer. Um, I'm joined by Ui, who is the community manager for the um, for uh, the African Women in Marketing. The podcast uh, focuses on highlighting African women who are doing spectacular in the space. And this is an opportunity for you to share your story um, and also to empower other women in Africa um, who are looking to pave their way through marketing and also grow um, in different industries. So over to you, Oyi. Hi, everyone. I'll trust everyone is safe. So uh, we'll be starting with Jade today. Uh, Jade will introduce herself. And uh, of course, like we always do, ask her some questions. Um, and we hope to have a very exciting and interesting session again, as usual. So uh, our very first question is, um, Jade, kindly introduce yourself. Let us know what you do. Um, everything about yourself, what we need to know. Awesome. Um, thank you, Onye and Olamide for having me here. So my name is Jade Oyateru, um, and I'm a sales and marketing professional with over a decade's experience across fashion retail, FMCG multinationals, and e-commerce industries. Um, I have been very fortunate to have a career that has taken me across Europe, Asia, and Africa. And currently, I work and reside in Kenya with my husband and two beautiful boys. Um, I, I have an amazing job where I work as a digital marketing director for a growing femtech e-commerce company called Kasha. Um, and also as an entrepreneur, I have my nutrition consulting company called Esculent Wellbeing. Uh, that's esculentwellbeing.com. Feel free to have a look at that. Um, where I provide content and work with clients on leading a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Um, yeah, and I'm sure you're wondering, you know, why nutrition? So my background, uh, what should I say, my first degree is in nutrition and food science uh, from the University of Surrey in the UK. And I also have an MBA from Imperial College London. Um, but at some point in my career, I transitioned from nutrition into sales um, and then marketing. Um, but yeah, I think I can stop there for now. All right, thank you. That's a very interesting background. I think you're the second person. No, no. Okay, yeah. Second person who's made a drastic transition from yes. what what you learned in uh, as first degree and what you practice at the moment. Yeah, yeah we had some from engineering actually. Now nutrition, oh. that's interesting. <laughs> but I think we we'll always find a way to find our way back one way or the other. Exactly. Okay, so so can you like tell us how you started out in marketing? How did you find your way to sales and marketing? Yeah, from nutrition. Yeah, gosh. Um, so my, my first job was a sales advisor. Um, I was working in New Look, a store in Oxford Street in London for almost two years. Um, I did this part-time over the weekend, you know, while I was studying at university. It was a great experience. I mean, we had 50% off clothes and shoes, you know, um, at that time, what 17-year-old, you know, didn't want that. Um, but then during my, during my one-year placement in university as a nutrition and food science student, um, I secured a job at a food science laboratory in, um, in Northampton. It was a whole different ballgame, trust me. Absolutely nothing glamorous 
you know, wearing lab coats from eight to four every day. And I know I swore never to work in a lab again. I think I learned a lot, definitely, but decided um, I wanted something more exciting where no two days were the same, but most importantly in an office, not in the lab. Um, and where I also got to travel and explore different cultures. And so fast forward to my first postgraduate job after university was at Nestle in the UK. Um, and then I moved to Nestle in Nigeria where I did my youth service. Um, and I worked as a nutrition delegate. So still within nutrition. Um, but I, I didn't think it was great. I think working in the Nestle environment was my first glimpse of marketing and the art of storytelling and bringing brands to life. And I absolutely loved it, but I didn't have the necessary, you know, the background and the qualification. So as a, you know, 21, 22 year old at the time, um, I resigned and I went to do a short course. Um, I went to Harvard University, did a short course in international business and marketing. And even before I was done, I had secured a job at Unilever. Um, but then the role I got was um, as a field sales manager. So I didn't get the marketing role that I wanted. Um, but I thought, let me just get into, you know, let me get in there and then I'll work my way around. So I took on a lot of projects, um, one of which got me to work in Cambodia and was great. I made myself very visible, worked closely with the marketing team. And sort of just when I thought, you know, I was about to make some headway, I got married. And um, my husband, this was about two weeks into our wedding, my husband got a job in Kenya, and so we agreed to move. But luckily for me, I was able to get a transfer from Unilever Nigeria to Unilever Kenya. Um, and then I applied for a brand manage, uh, marketing role. I still didn't get it. Um, but then I got a customer marketing role instead. But I took it because I really did realize that actually to become a strong all-round marketer, it's actually important to have sales and customer marketing experience. So I worked hard and learned a lot in a new country. And after about two years, I got my break into marketing and I haven't looked back since. Um, my first core marketing role was a brand manager um, for spreads across East Africa. So I was covering Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, and so on. And at the time spread category Unilever um, was the biggest revenue driver for the business. So my sales experience definitely came in handy. I think, and I think I say all this just because experience and skills are never wasted. Um, I think make sure you harness your transferable skills. It will definitely open doors for you as you look to transition into other departments, or industries. And so for me as a salesperson, which was obviously being very data driven with analytical skills um, that I had acquired over the years, definitely were, you know, strong transferable skills for me as well, going into going into marketing. So yes, that's that's how I started. Okay, that, that was quite a journey. Like yeah, the number right. the number of years, the number of roles you had to take on. Like yeah. that that was quite quite a journey. Um and you know, I particularly like the fact that you said you tried, it did not work, but you kept trying. Yeah. I think that's exactly. a major take out. Yeah. So uh you mentioned something um, so I would like to quickly ask um, Jenny a very, a very good question around um, her journey. So when you kept trying, did you want to give up at any point in time that this marketing is maybe not for me? 
Not really, actually, because I just, I, I think for me, I just thought, because even the role, so going into um, customer marketing, for example, was still, it was under sales department, but I was pretty much the link between marketing and sales as a customer marketing person. And so for me, it was just an opportunity to just keep learning. So I was soaking a lot from the marketing team and still being able to add value from a sales perspective as well. Um, so I kept trying. So at, at no point did I go, okay, I'm just going to quit altogether. But I think I definitely kept, you know, you know, when you're getting close to, um, close to the, to the senior managers within marketing and just trying to, you know, um, get poached and things like that. Um, so I definitely tried, you know, um, and, and finally that worked, um, which was exciting because it was just like, you know, Jadine is the most of marketing. She's been hampering. I made that known across the business. <laughs> the marketing was like the next role that I wanted. Um, so, yes. Okay. All okay, right. Okay. So, the, I know you mentioned you tried to touch on it briefly with marriage and stuff. So, um, as a woman in marketing, uh, I wouldn't want to even limit it to Africa. But as an African woman in marketing, coming from your background in Europe down to Nigeria, now in Kenya, uh, what yeah. would you say your experience has been? Particularly, you know, an experience that you know you had this experience because you're a woman. You get like maybe what a guy would probably not have had to go through. You get so. Um, um, yeah, um, I, to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily say that I faced, I think I've absolutely loved my journey as an African woman in marketing um, and using my voice to ensure our stories are told um, adequately through the brands um, that I've been fortunate to build and work on. I think for me, um, as a woman and why it's very important, I think there's certain things um, that women, I, I say, <laughs> no disrespect to the men, of course, but, but you know, the certain, I guess, um, skills that women possess and things that you will not overlook um, that probably your male um, counterparts might. And I think for me, um, working with multinational companies like I have, I think input our input as African women um, is definitely vital sort of to develop campaigns and also building innovation so I've, I've had several confrontations um, as to why we have to localize brand assets and why you know a white or Asian or South African model in fact won't work for West African or East African campaigns or you know just never overemphasize the need for localization and representation you know, why um, certain roles have to be female roles um, as opposed to always using male, for example, male voiceovers or uh, making male dominant in certain, in certain stories or campaigns or TVCs. And I think, you know, that's sort of where my input is really coming. Um, and also, I don't think it's not even just about the models, it's about the stories and how they're told. It's the innovations and making sure you're using the right branding, it's localized, the colors and packaging are localized. You know, it's making sure TVCs are shot in relevant countries um, with the right accents and locals. And so I guess it might not necessarily be from a women um, versus men point of view, but I think also there's just certain nuances, I think, as a woman, you, you easily pick up that might be overlooked um, by, by men. Um, and I know, for example, Lamide is here. We, Lamide and I worked together in a company um, on one campaign. I think you had to fly out, I think to Tunisia or something. I can't remember. Yes. Um, to sort yes. of ensure relevant. Pardon? Yeah, it was Tunisia. 
Yeah, exactly. To ensure relevance for the West African consumers and so on. So I guess that has been part of my experience. Um, and it's not a negative experience. Just that I, I, I see myself as having the opportunity to school or educate others through my inputs, which has obviously become very valuable um, when you need to develop assets for Africa. So I hope that sort of answers. I guess it's not really, you know, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've experienced particularly something because it was me as a woman and not necessarily a man in my position. Okay, uh, that is good. Yeah, that answers it really from your point of view. And I think that yeah. that answers the question. Um, so across brands from your first sales role as, um, uh, as an undergrad to your lab. At Nestle, at um, Unilever, everywhere, everywhere. What would you say your biggest three wins? Yeah. Um, I think for me. background <laughs> so you know it's sort of bringing all that and I never say your experience or skills are never wasted it will all come in useful and handy at some point okay um and I guess I think my second um one would then be you know in my current role um where I work so I've literally transitioned from FMCG into e-commerce over the past couple of years um, and so I, I do work with an e-commerce company right now, but I joined in January. And I guess in my current role, um, I have been able, through marketing, pretty much um, grow the business revenue by over 200% in six months, you know, and sessions to the platform by 50%, which I think is great. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, you know, and driving that through digital marketing channels and content. Um, I can never overemphasize the importance of content as a value proposition to your customers. Um, or to your community or your target audience. And, and, you know, it was really using that to drive very strong performance, um, which obviously I recently, this month, got promoted into, into a director role. But it was just very wow. exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, that, that's definitely, um, that was definitely a big win. So I think, yeah, those two are definitely big wins across my career they're actually very big queens like uh, starting off a new products and the transition and making so much impact in little time yeah definitely big wins uh so now i'm trying to figure out to put this oh so you work as um in e-commerce right so what would you yeah. say the specific role of marketing is in e-commerce um yeah, I wouldn't want to put any context to it. So what would you say the specific mm -hmm. role of marketing is in the e-commerce industry? It would also be nice to take it a step further, maybe the role before this, on what the specific role of marketing is in uh, the two major industries, FMCG and the e-commerce uh, industry. Yeah. So um, for e-commerce, I guess, you know, uh, my team currently consists of digital marketers, social media, content creators, um, graphic designers. And in a nutshell, priorities are to build an online community with engaging content um, that will drive conversion and then repeat purchase. 
So that's pretty much our goal, right? So the first thing for e-commerce definitely is around um, a community where you build through engaging content. Um, but then how do we not just stop there, but also, you know, um, how does that lead to conversion and then get them to keep coming back? Um, and so those, like, those are the key roles, I guess, for marketing um, within the e-commerce industry. And then developing certain campaigns, um, obviously, you know, around, it could be around engaging um, content, it could be around um, conversion, and it could be around repeat purchase, so things like subscriptions. Um, you know, things like uh, it's, it's breast cancer awareness, but not just from a content point of view, because for e-commerce and building an online community, um, the goal is really around providing information and education, and you want to make sure your content, those content or, or your content is obviously engaging enough to keep them coming back um, as well. And I think for FMCG is quite different. And I think when I made the transition, I was like, yeah. Um, and I really wanted to make, maybe just also add the reason why I made the transition because I was in, you know, I've been in FMCG for so many years mm -hmm. and also as a marketer. And I felt the need, you know, um, as complete all around marketing, the sales background, the brand marketing background, and then digital marketing. And that's where marketing is growing. Um, and really it is the future of marketing and e-commerce was definitely the right industry to be able to grow that very quickly um, or to grow that scale very quickly. And so for FMCG um, marketing, definitely it is, um, and with both industries, obviously the, the customer is at the heart of everything or the consumer, your target audience is at the heart of everything that you do and you build. Um, but for FMCG, definitely, um, it's, it's also part of content through storytelling and how you drive your campaigns. So you need to be someone who's definitely very creative, who um, <clears throat> is the voice of the customer within the organization. Because the salespeople just want to sell and make their numbers. Um, you need to bring in the voice of the customer. Um, you need to obviously, you know, think around. It's the, people just say, you know, marketers, it's, it's the beauty of the brands that you build. Um, so your role really is around driving brand love. It's around driving penetration. Um, it's, it's driving market share or winning market share. Um, and so that's sort of where it differs. It's sort of still the same, but I, I guess the way you go about it um, and the platforms you use um, yeah. are quite different or the channels you use. I, I yeah. was going to talk about channels next because um, I know that it's almost, almost, uh, yeah, the word is almost like FMCG dwells more on digital channels, uh, sorry, traditional channels. Yeah. While yeah. Um, for e-commerce, you try, you tend more towards um, digital channels, right? Exactly. So um, while traditional channels might be like generally known, can you uh, highlight some digital channels that you feel have helped uh, in promoting or marketing the, an e-commerce product? Uh, what channel? Yeah. Yes. So right now, um, social media, obviously, um, it's it's something that has come on, obviously, very recently compared to traditional media. Um, and so, you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, some companies are now using TikTok as a way as well to drive engagement. Um, and then you have um, CRM, which is customer relationship management. So it could be things like newsletter, emails, um, blog posts is also a channel um, to drive engagement themselves. 
um, really it's a way to drive information as well. Um, and then you have obviously core digital marketing, which is around um, Google ads, paid, paid ads, so social media ads, um, Google ads, display ads. Um, yeah, so all very different from, I guess, your traditional media, um, like TV and billboards and radio and you know, the, the offline on ground um, things that we do with traditional um, marketing. All right, thank you very much, Jadi. The next question is, uh, what inspires the development of a new product from a marketing point of view? You know, from uh, marketing courses and books, we understand that a marketing person is involved from, is supposed to be involved from the development of a product. So as yeah. a marketing manager, as a, yeah, a marketing manager, as what, what inspires the need to, what I think is to look out for that should inspire the need for a new product or a new service? Um, so it's not just, I guess for me, it's not just looking at any need. It has to, the inspiration has to come from need of the consumer. So um, consumer has to always be at the heart of everything you do. Understand consumer trends, which nowadays are evolving faster than ever. Um, and the right product to address, um, what is the right product to address a need um, that's aligned with this consumer trend? Um, you need to be able to solve an issue making life easier for them. Um, I, I, I guess we, we are now in a very fast-paced, interconnected world, um, thanks to technology. So brands must evolve um, and adapt at the same pace. And so when you want to develop a new brand, uh, it can just be, or you know, sometimes you get someone from global, oh, we want to launch this new product in your market, it's like, okay, um, first you need to evaluate if it's a need, um, if it's a consumer need, if it's solving an issue that consumers have at the moment, and if what you're bringing in will make life easier for them. Um, and so, you know, we are also very used to technology at the moment. And so, you know, how does that play a role um, as well as making life easier? So I think before you just decide to often start, I think it's always very important to just start you know, from a consumer point of view, do as many focus groups as you can, do your research, um, and then um, start working towards building a brand to ensure success. Yeah, I hope everybody listening, including sales guys, know that it's not a case of we have this product, it sells at this amount, we yeah. need to sell this number exactly. to get this number at the end of the year. And the next thing you just hear, oh yeah, marketing, over to you. We need to push it. Yeah. Get, like, nah. We need to be very involved from the very beginning and even understand yeah. if we need this product at all. Um, yeah. be, because you have worked in sales and marketing, you know, there's this clash. I know you, you made reference to it about marketing people and salespeople, you know, uh, yeah. salespeople. Yeah, so how do you think marketing professionals should work best with other departments? We know it is important to make our life easier, but we know people think, uh marketing people so what's the best way for marketing and sales like going into work what tips do you have to working well with other departments especially the sales department yeah there's always a clash <laughs> since sales and marketing but it's a very good question um i've talked about the need to have various experience especially in sales you know to become a rounded marketer um, and for someone like me, that's really come in handy to be able to work, you know, with the sales team because I, I do understand how they work and how they operate and what their priorities are, which will be different from a marketing uh, manager's priority. Um, 
but you can't work inside us as a marketer. You have to work with sales. You have to work with supply chain. If you're in e-commerce, you have to work with your tech team. You have to work with finance um, to be able to produce successful results. So obviously stakeholder management is key. I think um, I always encourage interdependent meetings, um, which is very, is very key to getting inputs from all departments um, before building a new product or campaign. Um, because it's important to get buy-in from everyone within the team. And so I'm not sure how it works, I guess, the experience I've had, um, in, especially in FMCG, marketers sort of, it, it starts with marketing from a, from a brand point of view and product point of view. Um, and sometimes you find marketers have gone, like, just run <laughs> miles ahead. And then when it gets to the final point of launching the product, um, when it comes to, okay, what is your projection and your sales business case, it is, and then you start working in, um, you know, other department. It's too late to get buying in at that point. So I think from the very beginning, it's so important to, to work together. And the marketing and sales especially, your funnels, your marketing funnel, your sales funnel must be interlinked, right? Um, so you, you have to work together to build a forecast. You have to work together, you know, how am I driving penetration and how is my, you know, penetration going to result in a certain market share and what does that market share mean from a sales point of view? So how many of these products or in what retail stores or outlets do I have to sell this? Um, and what, you know, promotions or offerings, for example, needs to be done for me to be able to acquire the market share that I'm looking for. So you have to work together and sales team needs to understand that. Um, and vice versa. And for finance, for example, sometimes marketers, we do get carried away with spending. We just want to, you know, put billboards everywhere. We want to run TVCs. Um, and then, you know, obviously your, your digital marketing as well. Well, you must work closely with finance teams to ensure return on marketing investment um, and how your activities impact the top and bottom line. I kind of overemphasize, you know, marketers understanding the PL. Don't just leave it to the finance team. It's also important, you know, as a business and working together as a team to know the impact of your investment um, on the business PL as well. All right. Uh, yeah, that's noted. Um, <laughs> for someone who has recently increased sales, increased ROI, like you've increased so much, you got a promotion for it. What's your go-to strategy for increasing sales or product use? Product adoption, sales of products. What's that strategy that never fails for you? Um, for me, it's just making sure you have the right framework and you have the right strategy in place. Um, you can just go in and say, I, I want to push this product. First of all, what is your strategy to drive awareness? What are the focus brands or products you want to focus on and how do you build awareness on this product or the brand. Um, understand how you drive consideration um, and leading consideration to acquisition, um, from acquisition to service. So important. Sometimes we just think, especially when I speak from an e-commerce industry point of view at the moment, um, you know, you might have acquired someone and then service you've gotten someone to come on your platform and make a purchase and then you deliver such a horrible customer service. You know, your delivery is late. Um, you don't do any follow-up calls. You will never get this person to come back on your site. And one of the quickest way and the, I guess, cheapest way um, ROI is repeat customers. 
um, you spend so much more, you spend less when you attract customers back on your site, as opposed to how much you have to invest to keep acquiring your customer, customers. Um, and so for me, that was really the focus. Um, how do we drive repeat purchase? Where at the, what at the different touch points are we failing? Um, and how do we quickly optimize that and make the customer see that we've improved in certain areas? Um, and obviously in line with this, um, there's obviously digital marketing um, and CRM as well. So just driving content. And one of the things we've really tried to do this year is, is growing content. Content really helps to build brand love and engagement, which in turn will drive and see results and drive conversion. Um, and so for me, that has been very key um, to the success um, that we've sort of recorded as well. But obviously having a clear sales funnel, um, you have to work with the right adequate forecasting. Um, so if I'm pushing certain content, buy a certain product, um, this is how much of those products I want to sell, and then these are the channels I want to. I think it's just it's having the right strategy in place, having the right, and being very organized um, across the teams, um, and then to be able to execute um, seamlessly. So that, that's definitely worked for me. Thank you very much, Daddy. So we're, we're about to go to the next phase of questions where we'll, talk, we'll be very particular about the African woman. So, Jade, the, the next question is, um, what do you think can be done to encourage more African women in marketing to win? Uh, we have a lot of women in marketing. Like you said, women, it's almost like a woman's job. As No bias, no, and sorry to the guys in the industry. But uh, there's something there that is very woman-like, if I can put it that way. So, uh, but we also want to win. We want to win as much as men doing sales and other other professions. So what do you think can be done to encourage more women, more African women in marketing to win? Um, that's a great question. I think platforms like this um, are great where we can share ideas from different industries and experiences. Um, so like African women in marketing, for example, um, you know, more communities like that. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, you know, there are a lot of marketers across different industries. And again, you know, campaigns, ideas, creatives are also very transferable um, across industries. So I think definitely doing a lot more of this. Um, for example, I belong to another thriving, you know, um, WhatsApp group in Kenya, which is purely for women in digital um, covering Kenya. It's a great platform, you know, um, similar to what we have here as well, where people just share ideas um, and stories and I think, you know, opportunities as well. Um, so I think it's definitely a great, we just need to do more of this, um, in, in, you know, improving networking, um, but also, you know, bringing up others as well. Um, so as women, just training people is very important. Someone like me, um, I, I always say people is very important. That's what makes you win. I don't do it by myself. I have a great team um, of women actually <laughs> that I work with. Um, I think so. It's so important that as you as you grow, you also groom, um, and grooming meaning you know mentoring and coaching, um, and ensuring that you know these other women are also building their skills across the different. Um, spheres of marketing um, and, and with that we'll definitely continue to see the growth um, and the win that we're talking about. All right, thank you. I, I like that particular line of as you grow you also grow. That's okay. very Daddy, important. Daddy, can you hear me? 
Yeah. Um, so can you can you tell us the community in Kenya? So we have listeners across different parts of Africa, and I think it's very interesting and very important that people get to know about some of these other communities as well, so they can take advantage of them. Yes, no, so I mean, for Kenya, you know, there's a WhatsApp group that was developed um, by, I, I don't even know who created, I was also invited into the group, um, I've been there since last year, and it's just great to have, and for you to qualify to be in that group, you have to be a woman, and you have to be working in digital, um, so across different industries, right, so you can be, you know, social media person, digital marketer, content um, creator, um, you know, marketer, you are based um definitely something to also look into um sort of just bringing people together and knowing that within the industry um you can you know liaise with like-minded people as well within the industry yeah that, that's very similar to what we do with uh, african women in marketing and exactly. we, we understand the strength of platforms like that definitely. Uh, yeah so covid happened and um I don't know. I, I want to believe that there was a good and a bad. Well, there was no good to it in the general sense of it. But as regards marketing, what would you think, what would you say the effect of COVID-19 was on the marketing industry? Uh, the good and the, and the bad or the negative aspects of it? Yeah, I mean, gosh, COVID hit everyone. It was a massive shock. Um, but I think the key thing and the learning out of that and what was interesting was how a lot of industries and companies and marketers were able to very quickly um, sort of adapt um, with the change um, and obviously, you know, try something new that has never been done before. Um, and I guess for pros and if I speak to, you know, for example, the e-commerce industry, um, you know, where marketers had the opportunity to really push campaigns very quickly just around um, one, you know, being safe, but, you know, shopping online. And we know in Africa, for example, if I use Kenya, where um, e-commerce industry is, has like a 1% penetration, um, but has significantly grown as well um, during this period where people felt more safe, you know, placing their orders online. So what that meant for marketers, um, where you're usually used to spending a lot of your money, um, your investment or budget, you know, probably maybe in offline marketing, um, which takes a lot of your investment, as you're able to, first of all, save that budget, um, but to also, you know, channel into other, um, channel your strategies and build strategies into other channels as well. So there's a lot more visibility just around online marketing um, and, and digital marketing to grow. Um, but also, I think the second thing was also the social causes behind it. So I think you could see a lot of marketers really trying to see how do we support people that are really suffering. So it really wasn't, and I like the fact that, you know, people really came together and marketers coming up with campaigns and pushing social causes that wasn't just about the, the business or the brand, um, but it was really how do we help people that have really suffered um, or that are struggling through this period. Um, so for example, one of the campaigns we did um, 
at Kasha was really around driving donation uh, donations drive, right? So um, um, how do we help customers? So we had certain things, you know, COVID-related products like the sanitizers and soaps and things that people really needed, especially at the bottom of the pyramid where they had been displaced, you know, from their jobs. Um, and how do we support them with these products that they need, um, you know, we, we, we worked and partnered with other, other companies like MasterCard, um, which is very important because, you know, partnerships is also key um, in times like this. And we saw a lot of that from a marketing point of view as well um, to really drive and help the community around us, which was great. Um, but I think the cons as well, obviously, from a, from a um, um, advertising house point of view was, you know, ATL, for example, advertising was significantly impacted and is still being. Uh, a lot of marketers obviously did not see the need to put up billboards um, as much as they did before, or you couldn't do a lot of offline marketing or activations. Um, so obviously, I guess from a marketing, as a marketer, um, from, a, from a brand point of view, it, it helped you to sort of, um, Put your money or your budget in other places or to also save that or put it back in the business um and so I, I do know a lot of people had bmi cuts and slashes and stuff like that but i think also from a media marketer um where you know you're doing media buying and things like that obviously really that was a big hit on them um for certain channels um that obviously was impacted by covid um so i would say that has been um sort of the pros and cons um, of COVID, but the great thing is really just seeing how um, marketers were really able to very quickly come up with um, certain campaigns that really helped to drive social causes during this period. Thank you, Jadi. Uh, I agree. I agree with you, actually. I, I, it, it's the same thing everywhere, all over the world. The ability for us to be very proactive as marketers and yeah. you know usually it's there's always this bureaucratic process of getting things approved getting these so like everybody just got to work and you just saw campaigns yeah. it was almost like everybody was expecting <laughs> like campaigns here and there people switching trying to work towards executing e-commerce like things that would have taken so long exactly. to get so long exactly. in, in very short time which uh is a good thing it shows our ability to change and i hope we stick to that even post-covid um yeah so how do you think okay so what do you think is the most important knowledge a marketing professional should process should possess um usually i also like to merge this with qualifications or skills which do you or no qualifications or experience which do you think is a better um better arsenal to have right so it's a 21 yeah. question what's the most important um, knowledge a marketer should have and uh, um, uh, qualifications the certifications versus the experience which do you think a marketing professional should pursue more so um I think first of all, the, the, the most important knowledge a marketing professional should possess is just um, love, love for consumers and customers. Like if you don't have that as a marketer, I'm not sure what you're doing in marketing. It's so important to really understand. You have to, everything starts with who you're building it for. It starts with your target audience. Um, so you need to have that passion for, you know, really being able to, 
um, to drive, you know, um, just being able to think first, you know, the customer, the shopper, the, the consumer has to be at the heart of everything you do. And I think that's key and that's number one. Um, and then after that, obviously then comes, you know, um, there's, there's the creative side of it. There's then very important as well is data, um, is data. You have to be data driven um, and analytics as well. So there's one, there's one funnel of, yes, I have to think about the customer and the consumer, but then you also have to have your facts and know what it is that your data is telling you and be able to tell a story out of that. Extremely important. Um, and then when it comes to certification or experience, um, marketing, I think definitely experience is important. Um, I mean, you've talked about people who've gone from engineering into marketing and they're thriving. I've gone into nutrition, to marketing, um, and, and I'm thriving. So I think, you know, experience is definitely important and having the right experience. I think as a marketer, you have to know the different spheres of marketing. You know, um, if you want to go into brand, brand management, if you want to go into product development, if you want to go into digital marketing, if you want to go into content, I think the difference where you have to know which one you want to go into, what's the end goal, and then what do you need to get you there. So, for example, for me, I was, I, I mean, it, at the beginning, it didn't look like that, but it was great at some point when I had a mindset change, just in terms of I need to understand sales and customer marketing, which has really helped me along the way um, and gotten a lot of skills that has helped me here, which, you know, qualified would not. Um, and so I think definitely, um, just to answer that question, experience is definitely key. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have qualifications, but I think, you know, um, I sit here, yes, I might have an MBA, but I don't necessarily at the moment have um, a marketing professional qualification, for example, um, but that doesn't mean I'm not thriving. I would love to get that at some point, um, but it doesn't mean because of that, I cannot grow in my career, um, which is great. So definitely experience is key. Yeah. Uh, what tip do you have for the woman in marketing looking to get to the heights of her career? So, uh, you know, we, we try to, all, apart from the professionals in the field, our audience also consists of people who are just starting out, people who feel stuck somewhere, people who just want to know what's the next step, what, what is that thing? What tip do you have for that woman that wants to get to the very heights, the very pinnacle of her career? um you need to just continue to grow your skills and follow the follow the trend and evolve with the trend um like at this point as a marketer you can't just um you can't just you know just focus on pure brand management which is you know traditional media for example and you don't have digital media digital marketing experience or skills if you don't have that, this, so there are other courses as well. So if your role or your position at the moment doesn't give you that opportunity, there's so many courses online you can do. Google does a great digital skills course. Um, grow your skills in that as a marketer. Like, you know, you can be a great marketer if you don't understand digital marketing because that's where most of your consumers are at the moment. So I think definitely grow your skills, um, relevant skills. Um, and then content as well. Um, and I keep talking, I guess, sort of the art of storytelling, 
you know, you have to really have that to be able to grow your career in, in marketing. Um, but again, it goes back to the customer. <laughs> it goes back to the customer. Um, if, if you want to become, I don't know, the chief marketing officer, um, you, these are all this. And don't be in too much of a hurry. Don't be in too much of a hurry. You know, your journey, it's a journey and it's a process. You know, don't, don't wake up today as though I've been three years or five years in marketing. Now I need to be global. I need to be chief marketing officer. I didn't get promoted. Don't be too much in a hurry. Trust me, you need all the skills. There are a lot of people that have climbed the ladder and they've gotten there and they are struggling, trust me, um, because they, would, they, they didn't have the necessary skills that they needed. Um, so just try to do wide, build your skills widely um, as much as you can. And then, you know, continue to climb up the ladder will definitely help you to be stronger. And, uh, you know, when you get that dream role that you want as a marketer, um, will help you to perform excellently well. So we are rounding off and um, final question. What is your favorite market, marketing quote or marketing talk? Um, so there's a quote that says content is king, engagement is queen. I absolutely love that. And I think especially now, you know, in my industry, um, that's something that we always, you know, sort of, agree on and just discuss content is extremely important um, and then engagement followed by engagement you can't just try to grow sales um, and you know you're wondering why people are not buying or why I'm not acquiring new customers um, because it cannot always just be about um, about the products you have to provide a value um, for your target audience so what is that value proposition and that has to come um, in the form of content um, which will build engagement um, I think also the art of storytelling. Um, storytelling is amazing. And, you know, we continue. I think that I'm not perfect in storytelling. I continue to emerge and learn and grow. Um, and I think it's very, if you're someone who has mastered the art of storytelling, gosh, you know, um, I envy you. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Um, but storytelling is, it's just amazing. You watch some certain campaigns, you know, that, you're just like, oh my God, you know, some brands, especially the airline industry, um, Nike, for example, Coca-Cola, you know, there's some certain brands who just have perfect storytelling when it comes to their campaigns. Um, but I think that's definitely, um, I think those are definitely important marketing quotes uh, for me. Oh, that, that's interesting to know. For someone that works in airline, in the airline industry, I totally agree with you. We need to tell oh, stories. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I agree with you. And um, the art of storytelling, because um, people love to listen, hear people's stories. Yeah. So they want to hear your brand story. They want to hear how yeah. they fit into your brand story. So you just don't go out and say, buy this. Uh, what is your value? What are you selling? How do I fit in? Does it align with my own value? Like you said, brands exactly. like Nike, Nike comes out and says, just do it. So I would uh, align with Nike because uh, I want to really just go out and do it. So I, I, I can fit in. Uh, so tell your story. Very important. Very, very important. All right. That's a very good thing. Um, so I just, I just wanted to add that to what Daddy said, it's actually very interesting because when you think about, when you think about how everything is centered around your consumer and you're trying to tell a story and most people don't understand that when you tell a story very well, it drives word of mouth, which even reduces your marketing. Right? So you don't have to spend as much money 
exactly. as you're trying to struggle and struggle and struggle and waste money without having to connect with people directly. So that, that's actually very, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I agree. Good point. Yeah. Thank you very much, Daddy. Um, Oi, over to you. I'm just here. All right. Thank you very much, Jadi. It's been uh, an enlightening session and very interesting, especially coming from the point of someone who's been in sales and now in marketing and particularly in e-commerce marketing because that is kind of new in our terrain here. At least we are not yeah. as developed in e-commerce as uh, the Western world. And uh, many marketing people, like what we know as marketing basically is tilted more towards what we're doing, the FMCGs. So yeah. it's, it's good to see it from this point of view. And I have learned a lot. Um, trust me, I was noting down and writing so many things. And I'm sure a whole lot of people to listening to this will. Uh, it was really nice to have you on board, uh, Jadi. And um, we see that you're in this course of empowering women in marketing and sharing knowledge. So we definitely would have you some other time. Maybe not on this platform, maybe on this platform, and we look forward to another session with you. Thank you very Thank you. much. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was amazing. I had a lovely time chatting. Very glad Thank you so much, Jadi. Jadi, we would definitely reach out to you because you gave us some ideas and <laughs> sure. us, like, yes, you are available to us. So we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It 